This is a special edition episode, and this one is going out especially to you guys who maybe you feel hopeless, maybe you feel like you're up against the wall with no way out, maybe you don't feel like there's any solution to the problem that you're in the middle of, maybe you have truly become hopeless. And so this is going to be a celebration, a message of hope, because this is a a special edition uh, 20 year anniversary of a true resurrection Easter miracle that I'm going to share with you today. So if you feel hopeless, this one is especially for you to give you some hope. It is going to be good. Welcome to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. This podcast is for the husbands and fathers who are not satisfied with the status quo. You see, to be exceptional means to be rare, better than average, or deviating from the norm. On this journey, we will look at practical strategies, tips, and even experiments to break out of the usual and surprise our spouses, and at times, even ourselves. You are listening to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. Why settle for average when exceptional is an option? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. My name is Joe Sellers. I'm your host, and thank you so much for tuning in today. As I said in the intro, this is going to be a special edition uh, broadcast. We are taking, once again, a a pause in our study that we've been doing because I realize that this is, at the time of the posting, this is the Monday before Easter. And in the intro, I said it's the 20th anniversary, and I just now redid the math. It's actually the 21st anniversary of a true Easter miracle. So this, what the story I'm going to share with you today happened on April 13th, 2002. And at that time, it was the the Sunday before Easter. So calendar-wise, we're right there at it. But then as far as in relationship to Easter, it's right at the 21-year anniversary. So I thought I would share this with you today because, you know, when I think about um, this story I think about what the people are going through that I'm going to share with you. There's no greater hopelessness that I could think of than what these people were experiencing. So this is, as I said in the intro, this is especially for you guys. If you feel like that you're hopeless, if you feel like that there's no way out, if you feel like nobody can help you, it's gone too far, it's, there's, you're past the point of no return, I just want to share this with you because this story is, is phenomenal to me. And so I just want to, to share it with you. So what happened was in... Uh, 2002, I took a, a group of young adults to Suriname in South America. It's in the northeast corner of South America. And it's absolutely a beautiful country, an amazing place to, to go for a missions trip, uh, especially if you're leading people on a trip, because the, the culture is so rich there. You can experience Indonesian culture, African culture, um, uh, Asian culture, European culture. There's so many cultures that are in this one country and it, it stayed relatively true to what it would be in its in its homeland. So it's an amazing country, an amazing place to visit, amazing place to take a, a missions trip to. And so the as I said, the Sunday before Easter, we had this team that we had split up and gone into three different churches for that Sunday. So we had three different teams ministering in three different churches. And so we had gone out to this one church, and we we're on our way back to our our home that we were staying in uh, during the, the our stay in this country. And on the way there, we were in like this uh, mini bus, um, probably like a 26-passenger bus. And as we were heading back, we actually passed what was more or less the church bus for one of the other churches that one of our other teams had gone to. And it was it was a flatbed truck, so it wasn't an actual bus, but it's what they used for a bus. They took what they had to use, and they used it. And so they were pulled over the side of the road, and I think we may have even waved as we went by. And so we're heading down the road. And I remember 
as we're going down the road, I'm looking out the window, I'm looking at the, the, the ocean, looking at the water. And, and I remember thinking just out of the blue, I started thinking about my son. And at that time, uh, Jaden was, was five years old and just out of the blue, I started thinking about him and literally seconds after I started thinking about him, wondering how he was doing back home, things like that. This, this taxi uh, drives up beside us, starts honking its horn and waving us down. And I thought, well, okay, that's weird. And so we pull over and this taxi driver, I, I get up to see what he wants. And he says, they need you back there. And so I thought, well, what did, did their truck break down? Because this truck was parked next to this, this building with an awning and a bunch of people were standing underneath the awning. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not a mechanic, but I guess we can you know, help them get people home. So I went ahead and told our team to go ahead and move to the back of the bus and we're going to, I guess, pick people up. So we turned around and went back. And so we get there and it's, and the, the bus driver, uh, our bus driver gets off to see what's going on. See if he needs to start loading people on. And, and he checked to see what was going on. And he reached through the window and tapped me on the arm and said, you come. And so I'm like, well, I'm not a mechanic. So myself and a couple of the other guys on our team got off the bus and we go under this awning of this building, and, and it's rather a long, uh, like a walk, covered walkway up to the front of this building. And and the actual driver of, of the other bus, the, the flatbed truck that was a, a church bus that Sunday, he was sitting there and under this awning, tears pouring down his face, and he was holding his five-year-old son. I told you I just got through thinking about Jaden, my five-year-old son. So there was immediate connection there, um, immediate empathy. So I'm looking at him and he's holding his son. And now these guys are of Indonesian descent. So normally they would be kind of a brown or, or a darker complexion. But I, when I looked at the, the boy, his complexion was a chalky white and blue. And his head was really swollen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's, he's really sick. And his father's crying and he looks up at me and he says, you know, we, we want God to, to heal our son, but we want his will to be done. And everybody around us is just going hysterical, crying and, and weeping. And some of them, I think, were even screaming. I mean, it was just, it was pandemonium. And his mom's standing there, too, um, holding him, uh, holding his, his arm. And and so I, I sat down next to the father as he's holding his son. And I reached my hand out, and I, I did the good Christian thing. When I started to pray for him, I closed my eyes. And to this day, I wish I kept them open so I could have seen this happen. But... So I closed my eyes and I'm thinking, man, this, this kid is so sick. He looks awful. So I started praying and I prayed to God for healing. And I did pray against the spirit of death because I thought, man, this kid is really sick. But I just kept praying. And as I prayed, I felt a move under my hand because I'd laid my hand on him. And so I looked down and this kid is, is his eyes were open. His face or his head was no longer swollen. His complexion was back to normal. And he was looking around like, what in the world is going on here? And man, the, the people, it switched from, from sorrow hysteria to joyful hysteria at that point. Everybody was like, oh, praise God. And they were screaming, you know, in a good way and tears of joy. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And so uh, obviously the truck wasn't broken. This, this kid was really sick. And so they'd pulled over to because he was so sick. And so um, we did go ahead and offer to take the mom, the grandmother, and this this boy who God had obviously healed from his sickness uh, on home so they could get on home and, and the dad was going to finish dropping people off. So we took him home, dropped him off, said goodbye. So I thought, wow, that's awesome. God healed this kid. He was so sick and God healed him. So then about a week later, so this was now Easter weekend, uh, or right after Easter weekend, I guess, is a little over a week. So I see this group from one of those churches 
and one of them, one of the, the young men come up to me and says, man, that was so amazing. The, the kid's name was Nick. Uh, Nick's parents um, came up and shared the testimony on Easter Sunday about how God had raised their son from the dead. And I, I said, excuse me, what? And he said, yeah, God raised him from the dead. And I'm like, well, no, he was just sick. And the kid literally laughed at me. The young man literally laughed at me and said, oh, yeah, he, he was sick. All right. He, he actually died 20 minutes before you guys even showed up. And so what had happened was he had been really sick. He had a high fever all weekend. And um, but he, he wanted to go to church. So they, they went on to church. And so the mom is holding him in the back of this this flatbed truck. And he looked up at his mom and he says, Mom, I don't feel good. And when he said that, his his uh, feet and his hands stretched way out, really like a big, long stretch. And then they they all went, his whole body went limp and his eyes rolled up in his head and he died. And so the mom, of course, beats on the back of the truck and the dad pulls over and snatches his son up and doesn't know what to do. So he runs underneath there to get in the shade and, and you know, and shortly after that's when we pulled up. Well, the other part of that story is, what I also found out was that taxi driver that, that I mentioned that had pulled us over or waved us down. So the story is that the the people who were there uh, on the scene before we even came by, they said they, they saw this taxi driver pull up and he never got out. He never talked to anyone. He was just watching everything that was going on. And then our bus went by. And when our bus went by, he looked up, checked his rearview mirror, and he took off after us. And then he waved us down. So nobody talked to him. Nobody said, hey, go get those guys. We need help. No one said anything about what was going on to the man. He was just this mysterious taxi driver. Now, I don't know what you believe, but personally, I believe that very well could have been an angel. I believe that could have been an angel stationed there to go and wave us down. So that's that's my belief. I'm That's my story. I'm sticking with it. So I'm not sure what you would believe, but that's what I believe. So anyway, so I'm sitting here dumbfounded. You know, I'm back, you know, fast forward back now to when this kid told me, oh no, uh, Nick had died 20 minutes before you guys got there. I'm sitting there with my mouth gaping open, look, probably looking like a fool. And the young man says, look, his grandmother's here working in the kitchen at this camp that we were visiting and ministering at. And, and he said, go, go talk to her. So I walk in there and this, and still, my mouth is probably still hanging open. And this grandmother comes up and just yells and throws her hands up in the air and gives him the biggest hugs. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm like, what happened? And then that's when she told me the story that I just already shared with you about how he wanted to go to church. And then he was in the back of the, of the truck and, and passed away. And so later on, uh, the other leader of the trip and I, we actually went over to Nick's house and we did a, a, a tape interview of his mom and dad. And here's Nick the whole time he was there. You know, he, it was a pretty long interview. So he sat on his mom and dad's lap for a while, but then he got down and he started playing and running around. Obviously no brain damage, no problem. Totally 100% healthy. So it was it was phenomenal. And so it's funny, I kind of felt like God had had built my faith because I had never in my life seen anyone raised from the dead. I'd, I'd seen some healing miracles. I've experienced healing miracles in my own body. I shared one of those last year around this time about, you know, healing miracles I, I've seen. But raising from the dead miracles, resurrection miracles, that was a first with my own two eyes. Of course, I've read about it in the Bible. I've heard about it in other places around the world. But that was my first experience with it. And so, you know, when I think about hopelessness, you know, and I have, I have two boys and a girl and, and there is nothing I could think of that would bring more hopelessness to me than seeing my child die and not be able to do anything about it, or even just seeing them super sick and not be able to do anything about it. And so when I think about that mom and dad, 
next mom and dad's watching their son, especially the mom, you know, he, she watched her son die. And I think there is probably no greater hopelessness in the world than that. And then I think about Easter, you know, Easter is to celebrate the resurrection. And you think, you know, God had to watch his only begotten son die on the cross for your sins and my sins. And so I, I think about how, how heartbreaking that has to be. And so if you're there today and you're in a spot where you feel hopeless, where you feel like you've gone too far to come back, that there, there's nothing else you can do, I just want to share this story with you to let you know that there's a, a family that I know that they had seen absolute hopelessness and God stepped in with a miracle. And it was, it was so cool. We, uh, during the interview, we, we talked to them and they told us a story that, that Nick relayed to his mom and dad afterwards when they, once they got all, they all got home. He said, yeah, he said he, he heard all the noise going on around him of all the people. And then he said, uh, I looked up and I saw, I saw Jesus walking down the road to me. He crossed the bridge there that we were sitting next to and he came to me and we went up and he said, and mom, I saw this, these, these filled, these flowers and they were so beautiful. And Jesus was so beautiful and his clothes were so beautiful. And then he, he looked at me and smiled and said, okay, it's, it's time to go back to your mom and dad. And then I, I opened my eyes and there you were. And so this kid got a glimpse of heaven. And so, and this kid died, but was resurrected. And so I just want to encourage you today that there is a God with resurrection power. And if you're, if you're like me, you've, you've seen loss and there's times where God didn't heal. There's times where God didn't resurrect the person in this life that, that the only healing they got to experience was when they opened their eyes in heaven and they have no pain. They have no more fears. They have no more cancer. They have no more disease. They have no more heartache, but they're in the very presence of God for the rest of eternity. And I know you and me as the guys left back here on earth, that's not the kind of healing that we may want at the time, but man, just think about that, that family member or that person, that acquaintance, that friend that has gone on to be of Jesus. Think about how they're doing right now. Think about the Easter celebration they're going to be having here in a little bit. And so I do want to encourage you, whether God answers the prayer exactly the way you want it or not, just know that he loves you. And like I said earlier, know that he gave his only begotten son to die on a cross for you. That no matter what you've done in life, you can simply look to him and say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life and you'll be saved. And I'm a firm believer that God doesn't just save us so that we can go to heaven one day. I mean, if that's all there was to it, if, if all we needed to do was just say some, some magic words and, and then so we could go to heaven, then why don't we just go on to heaven now? Why, why, why wait around down here on earth? You see, I believe that God saves us while we're still here on this earth, while we still have life ahead of us so that we can live with him and for him on this earth, on, in this life. And so that we can spread the news, spread the gospel, spread the good news to other people about what God has done for us. Because if you, if you take a moment, one thing that helps me in the middle of hopelessness is, is when I, I, I pump the brakes and I start looking around me and I start thinking about, okay, this, this whole situation sucks. The, the situation I'm in, it's awful. But what do I have to be thankful for right now? And I, I don't believe this is just simply mind games or, or trick, trying to trick your mind into believing something that's not true. 
but but really look at what you have to be thankful for for the roof over your head for the food on your table for the other relationships you have for the people in your life that have been there for you for the times that you have seen God move in your life and you, you felt his love and his presence think about all the things you have to be thankful for and even in the middle of the storm, even if it feels like the waves are coming over the, the bow of the, of, of the boat and you just know you're going to drown and you know you're going to die, you know there's no hope and you know there's no way out, just know Jesus loves you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And so on this Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, Easter Sunday, I encourage you, find a church to plug into. And and I, I also ask you, don't, don't be one of those... Um, one of those guys that's you, you attend church regularly every Christmas and Easter. I know we have lots of those, and I know, you know, come next Sunday morning there will be more people in most churches than there than there have been all year because you have those regularly attending Christians that come twice a year whether they want to or not. <laughs> so I encourage you, don't be one of those guys, but I encourage you. You know, we, we talk about being an exceptional husband, father, and, and an exceptional man, and one of the key ways to do that is to plug into a local body. Because you see, here's the thing, two really are better than one because you get a better return for your work. And so I, I'm a firm believer in while we can, quote, have church anywhere, we can be the church anywhere, I do believe, like Hebrew says, that to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And, and if you think about it, if, if going to church next Sunday for you is, if the first thing you think of is, well, there's nothing in it for me, or I don't get fed, or I don't really feel anything when I go. Then one thing I want to encourage you with is, is, and once again, we're still talking about being an exceptional husband, father, and man, and this goes straight into that. I want you to think about next time you go to church, whether it's next Sunday or the next or Wednesday or whenever you go next, instead of walking into the building, which, you know, it's just a building and the church, of course, are the people in the, in the building. But when you go to church, think about, okay, instead of me saying, what am I going to get out of it? What am I going to get fed today? Approach it in what can I do today? How can I encourage someone else today? First and foremost, one of the most basic things that we can do when we go to church is go go to church for God. You know, praise Him for that corporate worship time when we sing songs, when we when we sing praise and worship songs to Him. Man, that there's power in that. I mean, if you think about you read the Old Testament, there are times that that whole armies were defeated with praise and worship. Not a single sword or, uh, was swung or an arrow or spear flew, but they, they praised and worshiped God and whole armies were defeated. And then you look at the walls of Jericho falling down. They didn't fall down from catapults and siege devices that, that the, the children of Israel built around the city and tore down the walls. No, they marched around in, in obedience around the city. And then when given the, the cue, they blew the trumpets and they shouted. And so that's what brought the walls down. And so I believe that's one of the greatest things that we can do when we go to church is that corporate worship time. I believe there's power in that. But then also in that, look for who you might be able to encourage, who you might be able to pray for. Who uh, Listen, there's times in my life where I have seen other people just light up, and all I did was walk up to them, shake their hand, put my hand on their shoulder, and smile. Because you see... You never know what someone's going through. You never know what kind of week somebody has had. And so when you go to church and you, you connect with other people, you smile at them, you, you put your hand on their shoulder and say, hey, how are you doing? You could have just made their month, <laughs> their, their day, their week, their month. Because sometimes people can feel so alone. And, and guys, listen, I know I've been in the middle of a crowd and felt as, lone, as alone as alone could be. 
And that's why it's even more important. Like I said, go to church and connect with people because obviously, as you have probably experienced yourself, you can go to church, be there the whole service and leave and feel like you were totally alone. And so that's why it's so important when you go to go ahead and connect with other people, reach out to other people, ask how they're doing, uh, pray for them, you know, and just follow up with them. And so that's why it's so important, I believe, to be connected to a local body. So this this upcoming Sunday at the time, of the, like I said, the time of the, this recording, it's it's going to be posting at the, the Monday before Easter. And so as you prepare to go, maybe you bought you a new outfit to go on Easter Sunday. And I encourage you to keep that, keep that routine going. Keep that going. Make it a habit that you go. And once again, not just say, well, what can I get? What can I be fed? And I, and I do hope you're in a Bible-believing church that teaches the Word and that you are fed. But at the same time, if you go with the attitude of how can I serve, how can I help, then I believe you're going to receive so much more, especially when you don't go to receive, but you just simply go to give. I know God's going to bless you. So I'm going to wrap it up today. I hope this episode has encouraged you. Like I said, it was a, it's a message of hope of a true resurrection Easter miracle that happened 21 years ago. And uh, sorry for the, for the math error in the, in the intro there, guys, I do apologize. But uh, like I said, 21 years ago, right around the same time, I got to witness one of the most amazing resurrection miracles of my life. But then I'll tell you that honest truth, guys, every day of my life, I believe is a miracle. Every morning I wake up and I draw another breath as I swing my legs out of bed to the floor. That's a miracle. When I look at my 20-month-old baby boy, man, he's a miracle. When I look at the amazing woman that said yes to marrying me, man, that's a miracle. So I am surrounded by miracles. And so enjoy your Easter. Enjoy your Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And then look for the rest of the year. Look for those miracles that God's putting right in front of you that he's doing for you all the time. Thank you guys so much. I encourage you to reach out to me. If you have any questions or any comments, go ahead and reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at joe at t4bt.us. That's joe, J-O-E, at uh, the letter T, the digit four, the letter B, the letter T, uh, dot U-S. So t4bt.us. So uh, you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. If everything works out uh, with the editing process and all, next week we're going to have a special episode with an interview of uh, a man. He's one of my coaches and mentors I've learned so much from, and I'm really looking forward to, to that episode. You definitely will not want to miss that one either. So I hope you guys have a great week. Happy Easter, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Exceptional Husband Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by Today for a Better Tomorrow Life Coaching. I sincerely hope you found encouragement and fresh ideas were sparked for you to grow more today. If you'd like more focused help in becoming an exceptional man, husband, and father, check out www.t4bt.us. That's t4bt.us. Click on the Book a Clarity Session button to schedule a conversation with me to see if personal coaching might be something for you. For this first call, I'll waive my usual fees just to get to know you better and see if we might be a good fit for me to help you on your journey. Once again, that's www.t4bt.us. Thanks again for listening. And remember, yesterday is gone forever and tomorrow is out of reach. All you can change is today.